Okay. Good morning. Nice to see everybody uh, starting the new semester. Hope you had a beautiful Yom Tov, beautiful Pesach, and Bezras Hashem, all good things for everybody. L'chol Yisroa. So we're going to start on page... It's on. Yeah, thanks. We're going to start on page Kuf Chaf Tes. There's a photocopy in the back. Nira, hi. Nice to see you. Welcome back. Page Kuf Chaf Tes. It's several pages into the photocopy. Kuf Chaf Tes. And it's on the very, bo- very last line of the left side of the page where it says, Amnam Yimos HaMashiach. So did the page number get copied? Sometimes it gets, yeah, it is. Okay. So it's quite a few pages in. It's about eight, nine pages in, maybe. Yeah, page Kufchav Tes, the very last line of the page on the left side. Okay, so the Rambam begins, and remember, we are continuing from our discussion about Olam Haba and Gan Eden, Tchiyas HaMesim, and now he's up to Yemos HaMashiach. The very last shear that we had last semester, we did the beginning of this, but I, I want to start it again, because that way we can get the full picture of what he's going to say about Mashiach. Amnam, Yemos HaMashiach. Moreover, in regards to the days of Mashiach. Now, is going to describe for us a general explanation of that era. Huzaman Shetashuv HaMalchus L'Yisroel We're on the next page. That's the time when Malchus, that the glory of, of the kingdom of authority, of sovereignty will be returned to the Jewish people. V'yachzuru Eretz Yisroel And the Jewish people will return to the land of Israel. So two things, the Malchus will belong to us and will be in the land of Eretz Yisrael. That king, meaning the Melech HaMashiach, will be extremely great. And the house of his kingdom will be in Zion and his name will become very great. The Zichro Yihiyah Meloha Goyim. And his, even the mention of his name, meaning his reputation, will be filled. All the nations will be filled with his reputation. Yoser Min HaMelech Shlomo, even more than Shlomo HaMelech. And if you take a look there in Sefer Melachim, when Shlomo HaMelech became king, and Hashem granted him this enormous amount of wisdom and understanding, so all the wise people of the world, the Navi says, flocked to Shlomo HaMelech to hear his words of wisdom. All the nations of the world, they were traveling to Eretz Yisrael, to Yushalayim Yerakodesh, to listen to the pearls of wisdom and insight of Shlomo HaMelech. He was unparalleled. Everybody of his era recognized that this is a unique person. So the Melech HaMashiach will be even greater than that. All nations will make shalom, will make peace with him. And all the lands will serve him. Due to his great righteousness, and for the wonders 
that will be through him. And anybody who attempts to rise up against him, Hashem Yisborach will obliterate them. The Yimsar Osobiado and hand him over to Shlomo Melech. I'm sorry, to Melech Hamashiach. The Pesuk, so that's a brief description of, uh, by the Rambam of the Malchus of Melech Hamashiach. The Chol Pesuke Hamikra Meidim Al Hatzlochasa Vahatzlochasenu Ima. And all of the Pesukim in Navi, they attest to his phenomenal success and also the Hatzlacha of our nation, the Jewish people, along with him. So the many psukim that refer to Yemaz HaMashiach in Navi. Now the Rambam goes on and he says, V'lo shum ata. Nothing will change in the time of Mashiach from the way things are now. It's going to be this world. Ella, but, Shehamalchus tachzur Yisrael, but Malchus will belong to the Jewish people. V'zel l'shon ha'chamim. This is a l'shon of Chazal. Quote, Ein bein ha'olam hazet li'imos ha'mashiach, ela shibud malchios bilvad. It's a Gemara. And it says there, I think it's in Brachos, let me see on the bottom, yeah, Gemara Brachos, that there's nothing between this world, there's no difference between this world and Yemos ha'mashiach, except for shibud malchios. We will no longer be under the authority and the subjugation of the Umo Sa'olam, but rather all the Malchus will be under Klal Yisrael, under the Melech HaMashiach. So Mashiach happens in our world. Everybody agrees with that. Right? We don't see Mashiach as something occurring in a different dimension, like Olam Haba or Tchiyas HaMesim. Mashiach is here, and it's the pinnacle of our world under the Malchus Melech HaMashiach. The Yihyu B'yamav. Now the Ramam says to me a fascinating thing. I don't think we necessarily picture it like this, but I think we'll hear what he's saying. The Yihyu B'yamav. And in his days, meaning the Mashiach, there will be Ashirim Ve'evyonim. Wealthy people and poor people. People like, oh, no. I didn't think there were any poor people in the time of Mashiach, right? But we'll see, it's not quite like that. So wealthy people and poor people. Giborim V'chalashim. And there'll be strong, mighty people and weak people. Not sick. There's no sickness then. But chalashim, people who are weaker. Keneged zulasim, relative to everybody else. So relatively speaking, you'll have, <coughs> pardon me, wealthy people, poor people, strong, weak, relative. <coughs> pardon me. Aval, however, ba'osam hayamim, in those days, it will be very easy for people to find their sustenance and their parnasa. Meaning, you may not have a lot, but whatever you're going to get is going to be very easy. To the point that with even a small amount of amal, of work, just a little bit of work, Adam Yagia Litoelis Gidola, you will have a great benefit from just a small amount of work. So our perception of wealthy and, and poor, based on the Ramam saying, we have to change that. For us, a poor person toils all day long and barely can put a nickel together. And they're and they're beg and they're begging and scraping. Ramam says, 
Well, they're going to be poor people then, but it's not going to affect their, you know, their parnasa, meaning to say their sustenance. They may not have a lot, but they'll have whatever they need very easily. And they'll be ashirim too. So now the Rambam is going to go back to his, one of his original comments that we saw at the beginning of last semester. And now he's going to explain how he holds it means. Okay, so now, back to what the Chachamim said. Asira Eretz Yisroel lahotzi gluskoos uklei melas. That in the future, meaning in the time of Mashiach, the land of Eretz Yisroel will produce rolls, cakes, meaning on trees, and nice woolen clothing. It will grow on trees, fine clothing. So now the Rambam said before, and you may remember this, that's impossible. Cakes don't grow on trees. Bread doesn't grow on trees. He said that a few pages back. So now he's back to the point where he's going to say, okay, so what does that really mean? So he says, what it means is this. Because people say, there's an expression, I guess it was in his time, when a person happens upon something that's already like all of a sudden they're walking down the street and somebody hands them a free meal and it's all baked and cooked and ready to eat. So people say, so-and-so found his bread already baked and his food already cooked. So he's saying that's what the Chachamim mean. When they say that bread will grow on trees, it means it will be readily available with no labor. Carry out. Carry out, right? You may, you may not even have to order it, I'm not sure, right? But close to that, right? So that's what he says is the meaning of that Chazal, because remember the Rambam holds that that idea of bread growing on trees is impossible. And if he holds it's impossible, therefore it must mean something else. And this is what he says it means. That people say that. So what's my proof about this? That it doesn't just mean it grows on trees automatically. Because there's a pasuk in the Navi, in Yeshaya, when it's talking about the days of Mashiach. And it says... Quote, all, all the fine, beautiful things the Jewish people will have then in the peace in the land and how life will be very tranquil. And the other nations of the world will be your plowmen and they will tend to your vineyards. So the Rambam says, why do we need to know that? It's to let us know. That you will have to plant and harvest. Otherwise, why are other people going to be our plowmen and our vineyard people? We don't need them. It just happens automatically. So he's saying, no, you have to plant and you have to harvest. You're not going to do it. Other people will do it for you, and it's going to be extremely easy. But that shows that it doesn't just grow on trees, because people have to tend to it. Vilochain, therefore, now he's going to go to a Gomorrah, Rabban Gamliel, who's the one who said this statement. 
Rabbi Gamliel is the one who said that in Yemos HaMashiach, Eretz Yisrael will produce bread on trees. So now he says, V'lachen, Kotsaf Hechacham Hazeh, this wise person, meaning Rabbi Gamliel, he became upset when somebody said to him, one of his students, and he heard him say that, well, that's, that's just not possible. Sho'amar Hamaimer Hazeh al Tamido. Rabbi Gamliel said this statement about Eretz Yisrael producing rolls and cakes, and Kishalo Havin Devaro, and his student didn't really understand him. The Chashav Shahu Al Pshuto. And the student thought that Rabbi Gamliel meant that statement literally. So he said to Rabbi Gamliel, is, is that possible that such a thing could be? So now according to the Rambam, what should Rabbi Gamliel have answered him? I didn't mean that literally. This is what I meant. But he didn't. He answered him with a proof that shows it could happen. The Heshivo Kefi HaSogoso, he answered this student of his according to the question of that student. You think it's impossible? I'll show you that it's not. Now jump down on the bottom of the page there. It's small print, sorry about that. To letter Yuddal, it's the very last footnote on the bottom. Uh, it's about three lines up. Sha'amarlo. So Rabban Gamliel said to this student, quote, you know what? I'll show you something similar that happens in our world. Don't think it's impossible. Uh, continuing in the note, Rashi. He showed him mushroom-like things which had grown overnight on a log or a tree, whatever it was, over into a large cake-like looking growth. So do you think it's impossible? Okay, look at that tree, and I'll just look at it tomorrow. Nothing there today. Tomorrow there's this huge growth on the tree, a big mushroom, you could probably eat it. So he's bringing to his Talmud a proof. It's, it's not impossible. Look what just happened overnight. So according to the Rambam, again, why did he say that? If the Rambam says it's not literal, why does he bring a proof that shows it could happen? He was not answering his Talmud in truth, meaning to say, Why wasn't he telling him the real answer, that it's not literal? Why did he bring a proof? Because it says in Mishle, Answer a fool according to his foolishness. <laughs> so in other words, my understanding of this is that to certain people, you just can't explain it. <laughs> he knew it's not going to go anywhere. He said, okay, that's what you think. I'll show you, Araya, that it could happen. But that, that's not the real thing. But certain people, you could talk to them all day. It's like talking to a wall. It doesn't matter. So I'm a little understood. Just answer him an answer. So we can get base, the basic idea. All right, so now, I'm going to stop there for a minute, and then I want to take something from the Orachayim HaKadosh, and then get to some comments. So the Ramah is described for us, brief recap, Yimos HaMashiach, the Melech HaMashiach, his, his reign, his kingdom, and he'll be in a state of tremendous glory and wisdom, 
And then this idea that the land of Israel will produce cakes and fruits from its trees, which the Rambam says that's not literal, and he tells us what it means. Readily available, no, barely any effort needed. Now here's an Or HaChayim HaKadosh. The Or HaChayim HaKadosh lived in the 1700s, and he was a great, great Makubal, and one of the greatest people in the past several hundred years. Uh, you can visit his kever on Har Hazesim. We have visited his kever before, Zuhusayagin He lived most of his life in North Africa, and when he was in his early 40s, he set off on a trip to Eretz Yisrael to get there. From North Africa to Eretz Yisrael, it took him a year and a half. Nowadays, that's about a two-hour flight. A year and a half. And he became a rav in a certain city on the way, and he tended to that city, and he taught there. He made his way to Yerushalayim. He built a shul in the city, which is still there, the Rechaim HaKadosh Shul. You can see it on your way down to the Koso, on that walk down through the Jewish quarter. That, that shul is still there. And he died just a, a few years later. He was only a short period of time, and he's buried on Har Hazesim. Each year, more and more people go there. It's in the summer uh, on his yard site. It's thousands of people uh, that go there. So the Rechaim HaKadosh is going to say something a lot different than the Rambam just said. So is that because the Rambam was not a Makubal and the Rechaim HaKadosh was? Probably, but there's also much more to it than that. I don't want to simplify it. So here's what he says. I'm just going to read the Rechaim HaKadosh to you, in case you want to see it at home, in Mikros Gedolos Chumash, it's in Parshas Tazria, which we read before Pesach this year, and it's toward the beginning, in Perik Yud Beis, and it's in Pasuk Beis, Yud Beis Beis. It's a long Rechaim HaKadosh, I'm reading from the end of it. So this is his Lashon. <coughs> The Dover Yodua, it is very known, Kibrias Adam Harishon, the creation of Adam Harishon, Hoysa Bria Tama, was a complete and whole creation. Adam was created Tam, whole. Bibachinas HaKadusha, he was fully holy, Kadosh. Mushleles Mikol Ra, and he was void of any evil. There was no Ra inside of Adam Arishon. Before the Chet, that was all on the outside. It was not on the inside. Therefore, Adam Arishon was created without an Orla, without a foreskin. Meaning he was created what we would call Mohol, circumcised. He had no Orla. Because an Orla represents Ra. There's something ra about the orla, and that's why there's a mitzvah in the Torah to remove it. Bris mila. Ubesibas hachet, mushach beorlaso. It was only on account of his chet that Adam, you might say, grew an orla, a foreskin. Now that foreskin became part of him, and it's part of his body now, but that was the result of the chet. Vigam nimshach mizeh shlitas hatuma beisha, and there was also a manifestation of tuma and ra in Chava in the woman as well. In Adam it was the orla. What was it in Chava? 
Vihidam midusa, menstrual bleeding, is a result of the chet. Because this is the cause of both of these things. So before the chet, Adam had no orla. Before the chet, Chavo had no menstrual bleeding. They're both the result of chet, and there's a certain tuma attached to both of them. Each one has to be dealt with in its own way, a man through brismila, a woman through her shiva nakim, and going to the mikveh. And in addition to this, in the Chet of Adam and Chava, It wasn't just in those two people that Ra became a part. And just remember as a side point, this does not mean that we became evil. That's not a Jewish idea, that's a Christian idea. We're still good, we just have some Ra mixed inside of us. But in our core, we're Tov. Always. That's the Yiddish concept. So not only in those people, but in the world, and in everything in the world, it became affected by this Tuma, by this Ra. It's in the people, it's in the Olam. The Totsiho Oretz Pirya Biklipos Rabos. Now, when the earth would produce its fruit, meaning in a post-Chait world, it produces fruit with many shells and layers and peels. And how do we see this? A person cannot have benefit from wheat and grain if they want to eat bread or cake until they do many different malachos to make that happen. You have to plow, you have to plant, you have to tend to your plants, you have to harvest, you have to then process it and mill the grain and you have to grind it, and you have to take out the tholes, all the malachos that are part of Hilcho Shabbos, all the cooking-related, eating-related malachos, milafoneha, umliachareha, both before and after. There's a whole series of malacha that you have to do to get that wheat kernel into bread. How many? Bemispar asora. There are ten. There are ten malachos in Hilcho Shabbos that pertain to this. Halohem sedurim, and it's in the Gemara Shabbos, called Perek Klal Godo, through the Malacha, and including the Malacha of baking. That's the last in that series of Malachas. So it's very hard to, and takes a lot of work, to get a loaf of bread. Now for us, it's more like Mashiach. We go to the store and we buy it. Right? It's right there for us a little bit similar to that. But really what it took to get that grain into that loaf or bed that we're eating is a tremendous amount of malacha. And there are ten levels of malacha that are required to make this happen that correspond to the ten curses that the earth was cursed. He doesn't list them here. So as a result of the chet, the adama had ten kololos and the ten malachos that we do are in order to work our way to the essence of that grain and make bread. And he says this, the makor for the ten kololos that the earth received is in the Zohar HaKadosh. Therefore, now this is where the Orachim HaKadosh says how he holds this means. 
that we're going to have bread growing on trees. When Hashem will remove the spirit of Tuma from the world in the time of Mashiach, as it says in Zechariah, I will remove the spirit of Tuma from the earth. He means not only the earth, the inhabitants of the earth, men and women, people. The Rechaim says he means the earth. The earth is also Tameh as a result of the hate of Adam and Chava. And God will purify the earth. Mamish the Adama. And then the, the earth will produce trees which produce bread. Because why do we think it's impossible? That's our perception of how, how wheat grows. But wheat's not going to grow that way when it comes to Mashiach time. The earth will change. And those ten malachos will not be necessary. Because right there on the tree is bread. How did that happen? It's a different era. It's not our era. Now just finish that off. And that's what it means. That Totsi Ha'oretz Gulus Ka'os, that same Gomorrah in Shabbos that he quotes, it will produce bread, rolls, pirish, ain't sorich le'echad me'eser malachos. It will not be necessary. Not even one of those ten malachos. You still have to do with that pasuk that we had people who were planting then. Not one. Ela Ha'oretz me'atzmah Totsi Gulus Ka'os. The earth itself will simply produce that. Sounds like the Orachayim HaKadosh, you don't even have to plant. Sounds like that. Lechem she'en sorich mashirim, bread which needs no preparation whatsoever. So, there's a machlotus for you, between Orachayim HaKadosh and the Ramam. What does it mean, the earth will produce bread? The Ramam says, not literal. It means ready-made, it's all there. Orachayim says, no, what do you mean? It's going to happen. Now, just in, think, in, in case we're thinking, like, what's that going to look like? You go outside and there's bread growing on a tree. So we, we experience this all the time. You go outside and what's growing on the tree? An apple. That's just as miraculous. Look up there on that tree. There's a banana. Well, why is that tree doing that and why is this tree doing that? It's just as miraculous. We're just used to it. So the idea that bread can grow on tree, well, yeah, once you get used to that state of being, a Mashiach state of being, to me, it's no more pleadic than the fact that there's an apple up there ready to eat. How did that happen? I don't know, Hashem did that. Hashem is going to do this too. But the Rambam looks at it differently as we saw, and it's so amazing to me, just in terms of Hashgacha, because right after we learned this Rambam last semester, and I went ahead a little bit to see what he was going to say, which we learned this morning. A week later, I saw this Orach HaKadosh on the same topic. And I wrote it down in my Rambam so we could learn it today. I said, we have to learn this. I can't just leave it with the Rambam because we have to see this other opinion, which is so fascinating. Okay, anybody have any questions or comments? Yeah, please, okay. The whole, nation, um, the whole notion of Tuma and Tahari, because at the beginning of Tazria, Isha ki Tazria v'yolda zochar, she gives birth to a male, who by Yom Hashmini, on day 8, yimol besar or so he has to have a bris mila. 
So Rechaim HaKadosh goes into the whole topic of Rismila, Tuma, Tahara, what that means, and it's in the midst of that that he brings this down. Right. Coming down from heaven, right. could eat. So we call that bread from heaven. So that there's going to be bread on the trees. It might not be the exact same kind of bread that we have now. We don't know. What we don't know. Bread it will be, but right. it will be something that we can sustain ourselves. With. Right. It'll be pasta roll, most likely. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in that sense, it's it's not. It, you know, if you think of like if you think of oh well, there's a bagel tree. Oh well, I think I'm hungry. Right. Bread. Right. That's but is it if there's a banana and an apple and an orange and a cherry? Like why? Why is that more pleiadic than whole wheat? And because we're used to that, Hashem could have made a klala on apples that you'd have to do ten steps of work to eat an apple, but for some reason He didn't. It was only bread that was attached to that. No, it's all it's all what we're accustomed to. The Ramam lived in the 12th century. He lived in the 1100s. Um, if I'm getting this right, his, his dates were, I think, 1135 or 1140 in the English calendar, up until around the year 1200. He died at around age 70. It's not the exact date, but it's very close. Yeah. Maybe the helper people are just slicing the bread? Okay, they're using their instruments to slice? Okay. <laughs> yeah, Linda, please. I wonder how much of that is um, specific to bread and wool. You know, because otherwise you still would have to plant everything else. Right. And it wouldn't be any kind of syrup. Right. I take this personally because I, I'm sort of allergic to gluten and wool. <laughs> so this, this particular thing... It will all be purified, Linda. It's all purified. No allergens. No sickness. No sickness. I was wondering, I, I don't know why. No, the bread is a staple of life. That's the ikra food of people. Amotzi, benching, it's the main food. But why that... Uh, I'm sorry, what was that, Ms. Ben? Lechem. Right, so Hashem specifically made the decree on lechem. But why? You know, it seems because it's the central food for us. It's the main staple of life. But we're speculating somewhat why Hashem wanted davka, grain type of uh, produce to have to go through this. Yeah, it's the ikr achila for people. But it's also what Kotz Bezadar was about foods that you have to peel and be careful of the thorns. Thorns, waste. So, everything was like that in the beginning. So it did get affected, right? As, as we see, it takes a certain amount of malacha to even eat, you know, anything. Right, yeah. so nuts will grow without Will there be a klipo on a nut? That's a good question, right? If there's no klipos around, spiritually, will they be around physically too? I don't know, but it would certainly seem to me to be likely that there'd be no klipos because that as a certain, represents a certain something, yeah. We'll find out. Any day, any day. Today. I'm here to be a menu. Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. So it's this world, but there are these very significant differences. Differences, yeah. So it is this world, but it's different. And, and that, that's kind of the stellar complaint. The Rambam says, the Gemara says, that Olam can be in Hogo, 
Noeg. The world goes as the world goes. It's our world. But uh, bread will grow on trees, according to the Archaim Kodesh, right? L- literally. And, and undisputed leader. Undisputed leader. There's no enemies. There's no war. There's no hardship. No okay. war even between other Right, right. And, as we'll see in a minute, complete wisdom amongst all people. Complete prophetic wisdom. That sounds a little different than the way things are now, but it means to say we're people. It's going to be the same, and it's going to be a lot different. We're still a person. We'll have a body. We'll have a goof. We're not yet a spiritual being like we will be later on, where the body is bottle to the neshama. At this time, we'll still be a goof person with the neshama inside. And the world will look like this, as far as we can, as far as we can tell. But it won't, because we'll all be in a beam. So I think if you look at the world as a navi, it looks a little different. Yes, everybody. As we'll see shortly. Mala ha'oretz deyas Hashem. The whole world. Yeah. L'chore. L'chore, there's a level, of, to me, of Ruach HaKodesh that they'll have. Because how can you live in that time and not? I just can't be masked that you couldn't. And the Sforam HaKadoshim say that Ruach HaKodesh is possible for any person, Jew, non-Jew. There's a higher level of Ruach HaKodesh available to a Jew. There's Nevuah available to a Jew, but a non-Jewish person can receive, can attain the level of Ruach HaKodesh. If they're righteous and they conduct their life in that way, they can get a level of Ruach HaKodesh. Yeah, please. Yes, that's the Gemara. And that's, that is, uh, I believe, that Gemara that he quoted in Brachos. Uh, let me just get the note. It should be this Gemara, Brachos Lamedalad Amudalaf. I think it's that Gemara. Yeah. So what the Arachim is saying is really uh, not as shot as what the Rambam. Yeah. Although to him, it is a shot because the reason why trees do this now is because it's of faith. Now going to be the way you once was. Yeah. That's how we'll look at it. It's not a miracle, just a change in the nature of the world, going back to Kodama faith. Yeah, Linda, please. Oh, so it says in Eretz Yisroel. That's, that's a good point. It says, Asido Eretz Yisroel. That's the, the quote the Rambam has. Um, I don't think Dora Chaim said, I wonder if there's two girses there. That would be interesting to see. Let me just see if he says that. Az totzi ha'oretz galuskaos. The world will produce. The land will produce galuskaos. That's the Gemara in Shabbos. Okay, we have to see. Are there two girses here? Interesting point. Yeah, please, go. That's very different, completely different. That's after Mashiach. After Mashiach, right. So it's just whoever is alive. And and during Mashiach's time, the very end of Mashiach, everybody will die. The Ramchal says, just for a moment, so to speak, in order to transcend into the state of Tchiyas Amazing. That is a spiritual existence because the neshama dominates in that reality. The goof becomes very, very secondary to the neshama. So it's the reverse of what we are now. Now we're mainly a goof, and inside of us is our neshama that we can't even see. Then it will be neshama is dominant, and there'll be a goof in there somewhere, but it's more of a spiritual body. 
it's not a physical body the way we are now. Just relative to the level of the neshama, it's going to be called a goof. But it is a goof, nonetheless. Did you have another question before, Mithashim, and your hand was up before? Yeah, I was wondering, yeah. I mean, in Moshe Mashiach, you mentioned everybody would be in good health. Yes, and yes. And emotionally, good health, too. I mean, people get a lot of... It would seem, yeah, there's shalom. There's complete shalom, right. So it, so it appears, just those psukim about the different brios that all get along in the time of Mashiach, that nevuah we read about on Pesach for Mashiach, there's no conflict, no conflict in the world. So that's our world, but not really, you know. Same people, but very different relationships. Yeah, please. Uh, they have to be a, a yid, number one, kol Yisrael yeshem chek b'olam haba, or hasidi umos ha'olam. Either one of those two things. Notice all of Yisrael has a chelik in that, Hashem will make sure that happens, and for the umos ha'olam, hasidi umos ha'olam. And so I'm saying, uh, okay, yeah, please. Um, no, no yitzahara. So, <laughs> Yeah, l'chore, yes. There's still procreation at the time of Mashiach. Pardon me? Will there be a bris mila? Interesting question. Well, maybe we'll be born without an orla. I don't know. Would seem yes. Would seem there wouldn't be an orla. So, based on the orachim. Pardon me? No labor. That's right. You have, uh, what do you get? What do you call it again? The uh, epidural? The epidural, oh, right? Yeah. So, yeah. No it's need. No need. It's all a spiritual epidural, I mean, right? There's no anymore at that point. So, Bechira is very different. The way the Chacham is say it, that there's no Bechira in the time of Mashiach. There's no Bechira anymore. There's no Tov and Ra. But I think what that really means is that there's a higher level of Bechira. That we're choosing between higher and lower levels of, of Tov. But there's no Ra. That's my own personal opinion. Okay, please. Yes. He chose. But there's still going to be a difference because Adam before the Chait, you still had a Nachash out there in the world. That will not be present when Mashiach comes. There's no Ra outside either. You can't mess it up. So we, uh, we, that's right, you can't mess it up. There's no backsliding at that point. From the time of Adam and Chavez Chait until Mashiach, even if we reach a level of Adam Kodam Chait, which we did at Harsinai, you can still go back. You can still backslide, which we did. Once you have Yemos HaMashiach, that's no longer possible. There's no more Ra left in the world. So it'll be even be great. It's Odom Kodom HaChet plus. There's no Nochesh. There's no Satan out there in the world anymore. Yeah, please. What Rachel would you say on this bread? Uh, in terms of Hamoti or not, are we going to still say that? Ready for your Yeah. yeah. Not enough. <laughs> there won't be Bechira between Tov and Ra, because there's no Ra. In my opinion, I'm just saying my own personal opinion, it seems to me that there will be Bechira between different shades of Tov. But there's no Ra left anymore. That kind of Bechira is over. Yamim She'in Bohem Chefetz, it's called. There's there's no cheshek for that day, meaning that struggle between Tov and Ra and that kind of growth is, is gone. We're more in an actual, we're closer to an actualized state than to a working toward something state. Yeah, please. Are people going to be working with Parnassah 
So according to the Rambam, a little bit. This mamish a little bit. He says, ma'at. You do a little bit, and then everything you need comes your way. It doesn't mean, according to the Rambam, that a person's going to get wealthy, because he says there's still avionim and ashirim. But whatever you're going to get, which is gezerim and ashamayim, it comes very easily. So the poor people will not have to struggle with all of the, all of the hardships that they have in this world, which are so much centered around just trying to not get further behind in the mortgage and the health insurance, and that, that won't happen anymore. It will be a, re, a relaxed, comfortable, and physically non-demanding world. Very different than our world. Yeah, please, Rabbi he says there's going to be a king, an undisputed king. And I'm, does that mean that king will be the king in Eretz Yisrael? Or well, he is the king in Eretz Yisrael, but it appears like from the Rambam that his malchus will be over all. So the fear that Jews are out to run the world is true. <laughs> <laughs> in a much different way than they think. <laughs> we're not out to hurt them, we're out to help them, right? <laughs> yeah, please, okay. <laughs> Just like um, when Kaba gave birth originally, people, her sons were born, right, adults. So do you think. No, no, they weren't. Kain and Hubba were not born, born adults. She gave birth after, after the fate, unless you, you say there's a machlokus about this. But the Rampala says that she gave birth after the fate. So therefore, they'd be born and raised, you know, like any other person. The only people created as adults were Adam and Hava. Right. What do you think people will do? They don't have to work. They don't have to. Okay. So the Rambam is going to say this shortly that we're going to be involved in our relationship with Hashem. That's what life will be about. Everything will be a means toward a very whole, complete relationship with Hashem. So yeah, we'll still have to lachora get up and you know walk to the shul or drive or something like that. But there's nothing pulling us away from avodas Hashem. And now every single second of the day and the night, there's something pulling us away from that. There's ra in the world that that doesn't go away. We won't have that then. I think someone else had a hand over there, Linda. Yeah, please. Yes. And here, when Mrs. Um, was asking about who's going to be available during Tchias Hamesim, sort of group them together again. Tchias Hamesim and Olam are equivalent. That's the same thing, according to the Ramchal, according to the Mukabalim. That's two different ways of saying the same thing. No, Olam Habo and Tchias Hamesim, neither of them are here. Even though Tchias Hamesim sounds like it's here, but that world will be transformed. That's a different world. There will be a Yerushalayim and an Eretz Yisrael, but on a spiritual level. So, we're, so there's no even beginning of Chiyas HaMesim uh, For Tzadikim, great people who get Chiyas HaMesim during the Mashiach's time, they'll get that. But for most people who have already died, Chiyas HaMesim occurs after Mashiach in a different kind of world. And that's the same thing as Olam Haba. So Olam Haba and Chiyas are the same thing. They occur after our world. 
which is different than the place a person goes to when they die and leave this world. They go to Olam HaNeshamos in Shemaim. That's a, a temporary place. We call that Olam Haba, but officially speaking, that's not really Olam Haba. So the tzaddikim that merit being here during the Mosul yeah. will have to be brought back to life in this world? Yes, they will come back in this world, according to the Gomorrah in, in Sanhedrin, yeah. And they will, they will not have to die when everybody else does at the end of Mashiach. And the Gemara asks, so what's going to be with them? What are they going to do during that time? It says they will hover. Don't ask me what that means. Yeah. They'll be merachef. They will hover. They'll hover while everybody else is dying and coming back to life. They'll just kind of hover, let that happen, and they'll, they'll be there. Can't give any more insight into that one. <laughs> Yeah, then Shifra, please. So, when you just said that, you know, you wouldn't have all these things to distract you from your relationship with Hashem. Right. And so we have an understanding that, you know, people that really know how to live in this world, all of those things that you have to do are, are not a distraction, and they're actually the means by which you establish your relationship with Hashem. So I was wondering, could it also be, in terms of the bread being made, that it's that all those steps are still there, but they're not a distraction because we're on the beam and we understand that everything is part of how we acquire our relationship with Hashem? Or is it really a higher existence to just not have to do that work of involving yourself in your relationship with Hashem through all these myriad so things that carry distraction? It, it may be totally on this maflokus between the Rambam and Rahim Kaddish. According to the Rachaim HaKadosh, those, those levels of work are completely not necessary anymore. According to the Rambam, there's a little bit you have to do. And bread doesn't really grow on trees, it's just that it's all ready for you. Sounds like you've got to do a little something, but not, not very much. So maybe that's a way to look at the answer to this question, perhaps. Yeah, please, Shefer. Um, so you were saying that the world is going to like change or something when the Shiach comes. So that means that this world that we're currently in is going to end. So not in Mashiach's time. When Mashiach comes, the world as we know it is still here. But there are changes in people, like we'll, we'll have this tremendous amount of wisdom, our relationship to Parnassah and food will be different, there'll be a Melech Mashiach. But the world is going to look like this. It's going to drive down Park Heights Avenue, actually we'll be in Eretz Row. We'll drive down Rehov Yafi, that has a train, that doesn't work anymore. We'll drive down Rehov uh, Barilan, there you go. And we'll be, you know, in this world. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is this, so like America's not going to exist? Then? No, the Chorov, there will be a Chutzor. This is a hard question because the Chachamim also say Eretz Yisroh will stretch out in the time of Mashiach. The greater Will stretch out. So Eretz Yisrael as a country will be like Yerushalayim and the rest of the world will be like Eretz Yisrael. So I don't know how this works. Uh, they call it like the, the skin of a deer. The Chachamim say the skin of a deer is so much that if you, if you stretch it out, you know, it can keep going and going, but it's very shrunk like that. Eretz Tzvi. That's one of the words for Eretz Yisrael. So similarly, Eretz Yisrael will stretch out over the earth at that time. So will, will there be such a thing as Chutz Oretz in the time of Mashiach? Um, I'm not really sure. It doesn't sound like it from that Chazal. 
So I'm not really sure. But there's such a concept as chutz la'oretz once the world reaches that state. Or is it just like Yerushalayim and Eretz Yisrael all around it? And what's going to happen to all like, the guys? So all the guys are also going to die and the only ones that are righteous are the only ones. Yeah, the Umos HaOlam who are righteous will be here in Yemos HaMashiach and they will have a Chelek and Olam Haba as well. And they'll be peaceful and they, as he says here, they will all be in the service of the Melech HaMashiach and doing good things in the world. Who are they going to? Hashem Echad. Hashem Echad. You can't. You can't convert the Yemos HaMashiach. It's not a choice anymore because it would be so obvious. Conversion requires a real choice. Once it's obvious like that, there's no Bechir anymore in that, in that sense. So they will serve Hashem as righteous Gentiles. But we have to remember that there is a makom for righteous Gentiles in the world. The idea that everybody has to be Jewish, we don't have that idea. If you have a Yiddish and a Shama, then you need to live like a Jew. If you don't, and they don't have one. No, that's now, that's during our world. <laughs> that's what we're dealing with for a couple of thousand years. But there's no resentment. What was that? I didn't hear you say. They'll get it. They'll get it. Yeah, it had, it, they'll see the greatness of Christ. Appreciate that, uh, respect that, look up to that. That'd be nice. Yeah, please, Mrs. Um, Pan. Yeah. So according to some Nefarshim, that means a little bit. A little bit. He had to do something in Gan Eden, and there's a Chazal that says those were his mitzvahs. La'avda u'lishamra, he had to work the land, Gan Eden, and guard the land. So la'avda means mitzvahs aseh, u'lishamra means mitzvahs losa aseh. Those were his mitzvahs. We don't know specifically what they were, but there was something going on there between him and, and the land on a much different level. Rocham HaKadosh was born in, if I recall, around 1700. It may have been exactly 1700. And he was Nifter in 1746 or 47. Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry, 1743. 1743. He lived almost the exact same years as the Ramchal. The Ramchal was 1707 to 1747. The Rocham HaKadosh was, I think, 1700 to 1743. I think that's his years as well. Yeah, also died in his early 40s. The Ramchal died at 40. Uh, the um, Ramchal was 1707 to 1747. And the Baal Shem Tov was born in 1698 and died in 1760. So he's also that same era. And the Gona Vilna was born a little later, around 1720, and died around 1790. So he overlapped, and their lives overlapped, but he was about 20, about 20 years younger. None of them ever met each other. My Rebbe pointed this out. The Ramchal was in Italy until the last year of his life in Eretz Yisrael. He was in Amsterdam for 10 years. Then one year in Eretz Yisrael, and he and his wife and at least one child died in a plague in Akko, and he's buried in Tiberia. The Baal Shem, born in Ukraine, and, and buried there in Mezhbez. 
862. Or Hamakadosh lived most of his life in North Africa, then a little bit in, or lived in Italy for a year and a half that I was mentioning to you. I think it was Livorno. And then the, uh, the Gra was also in Poland, in Vilna. So they all lived in different places and never met each other. Orochaim, North Africa, Ramchal, Italy, the Gon of Vilna and the Baal Shem Tov, both in Eastern Europe, but they never met. Never met. Our, our Rebbe used to say, Rabbi Tversky, make, making a, an observation of this fact, that they never met and they all brought down Torah's Hanister, what we call the hidden Torah, into the world. All of them in the same era, in each one in their own way, accomplishing something very similar, a new emphasis on Torah's Hanister, because they were all phenomenally great Mukubalim, all four of them. Uh, the greatest of our, of our era, you know, without question. And that has affected us, really, Ad Hayom Hazeh, kind of breathing that last life of spirituality that we need to take us to Mashiach. Bimei So there was some controversy, right? There was no controversy regarding the Gra. There was a lot of controversy regarding the Ramchal. And he was accused even of being a Shabbatian, Shabbat follower, because he lived 50 years earlier, and there were still Shabbat people around in hiding. It's hard to imagine, right, Ramchal, like the greatest of the great. And the, uh, the Baal Shem Tov was very controversial, his life. Who was the Orachama Kaddish was not controversial. So it's 50%. <laughs> now, even though the Ramchal and uh, who was the other one I mentioned, the Baal Shem, were controversial in their times, but even during their times, there were certainly many, many people who recognized the greatness of these men. Many, many people. But they still had a lot of controversy. And, you know, one generation after they passed away, like, that just became clear. It became clear to one and all. Like the Magid of Mezarich, who lived in the next generation, like the, the great student of the Baal Shem Tov, he said that the generation of the Ramchal was not Zoha to understand him. They didn't have the Zohus to understand such a great person. It was with the Ramam also extremely controversial. They burned his books. Right, so some of our greatest people you know, have had controversy, serious controversy in their lives. When you're great and when you're outspoken, you know, you're going you're gonna to take heed. That's the nature of it. They were such strong people. I never noticed anything in, in my readings of the Ramchal. I love the Ramchal. I never noticed anything about the Ramchal in, in reading about his time and his era that indicated in any way that he was sidetracked, emotionally affected by this he had to make some practical decisions in his life. He had to move from Italy. He did, but the, the focus and the concentration and the betochon and the belief in their mission was so powerful. You don't read things like, well, maybe I shouldn't be, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe there's something wrong with me. You just don't see that. This tremendous understanding of what their mission was in the world with all the controversy that, controversy that surrounded them. You don't see them kind of like veering off, you know, I don't mean off the derech, I mean even in terms of self-doubt. You just don't see that. Yeah, please, Elka.
Okay, the Orachaim HaKadosh would be identified as Sephardi. He was Sephardi. And his um, life and influence was greatly on the Sephardic world, but went tremendously beyond that world. The Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh had enormous respect for the Orachaim HaKadosh. So the Orachaim HaKadosh is learned amongst Hasidim across the board. So, so I'm saying, so with the, so with the Baal Shem Tov, go yeah. Well, they were, yeah, they were all Mukabolim, so they're going to be on, unlike the Ramam, they're going to be toward that, toward that side. The Ramchal was Italian, you know, so his followers were his Talmudim. We don't have, in our days, like a school of Ramchalians. We don't have that. But everybody learns the Ramchal. Everybody, across the board. Hasidim, Misnagdim, Ashkenaz, Friday, everybody. Baal Shem, of course, was the leader of the Hasidim, the Grah of the Litisha world, but, but all of them have influenced all of Baal Yisrael. So they had an original point of start, but Yafutza Mayim Nasecha, Chutza. But I mean, outside yeah. of those four, uh-huh. who would line up with who? Like, they would all be on the Mukubal. They were all Mukubalim. The Ramam was not a Mukubal. He was not exposed to Kabbalah. Right, right. So that's kind of a unique path that, that he has. And people would align themselves nowadays with the Mukubalim in terms of these machshavas. Because the Mukubalim say that in certain areas the Rambam was wrong. He didn't have the Zohar and the other Kasadim of that. In certain areas, they agree with the Rambam a lot, but because he was so great. I'm sorry? No, he was much earlier. The Rambam is a Rishon. He was a Rishon, yeah. This is any other? Yeah, I was just going to ask the Vilna also is not uh, my mind. Re- definitely not. He, he criticized the Rambam's involvement in philosophy. Well, that, I think, that he did it very strongly. He didn't criticize the Rambam, but um, what's his lesson? Hatilosophia ho arura. Cursed philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, yeah very strong. Not the Rambam, but that, that thought. Yeah. So they were all along the side of the Mukavolim, which everybody pretty much was once the Arizal came into our world in the 1500s, so that affected everybody after him, after that time. Okay, have a great day, everybody. I will be out of town next week, and thank you. So the, the next week after that will continue, two weeks from today. Have a great day, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.